Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. bit of a sad time it's a little bit emotional am i, I gonna mean, get all weepy here i don't know from from my side of the table like it's just i'm numb to it now i've just you know i've watched i've watched so many <laughs> people right. just walk out the door it's just, right. another, it's just another thing for me uh, now oh my goodness uh my last show here today so we'll we'll try to get through it uh, i'll get my uh all the thank yous and stuff uh out of the way at the end of the show joined alongside mg my guy marcus grant who will shepherd us into a new era of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast as well. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. I got up early this morning, went to the gym. What? I thought, actually, I thought Adam oh, Rankier. Oh, you did here, a morning workout? I thought, oh, I tried to. I thought, but I thought Adam Rankier had Irish helloed me at the uh, at the gym, but apparently he was actually there and I just didn't see him. Oh, okay. It's a small building. How is that? Uh... Um, well, when I got there, by the time he, I got there, he was wrapping up and going oh. to hit the showers and I somehow, <laughs> the, and I somehow didn't see him. By the time you got there, Adam I, Rank. And I got there, mind you. I got there at six o'clock in the morning, yeah. and Rank was finishing up his workout. Amazing. Yes. Uh, yeah. I wish I, I wish I was a night owl like Marcus and could roll in super late. Super late, late at six o'clock. <laughs> yes, at six a.m. Some of us are just <laughs> yeah. motivated to uh, get that grind on. Uh, the fantasy maverick, Adam Rank. It's a it's a rare occur- uh, occurrence that we uh, that we get the services of Adam Rank in this podcast. But uh, got him here today. Do appreciate that. He decided to roll through for the last show. Yeah, I was told to be here. Okay. <laughs> I feel as that's though actu- that's actually accurate. I feel that I did all my talking with the cake sheet. <laughs> <laughs> now it's super awkward being here. Like, right. oh, I didn't think I was going to see you again. Right. After I walloped you with that. Yes, the baking sheet. Right through the dome. Now the context of it seemed people were like, oh. Oh. <laughs> and so many people were like, oh, like, oh, dude, like, why did you still do, like, was that serious then? I'm like, well, I mean, it's not serious, but it's 
<laughs> that's the way. That's you know. I I, think, I, I, think, I enjoy the people who are into wrestling and understand like that. Yeah, yeah. That's the way people leave town. That's right. <laughs> that's how you get out of the. Yeah. Exactly. When I was at, when I was a youngster, uh, when Ric Flair was going back to WCW NWA, right? Um, he had a loser leave town match with Kurt Henning. Okay. And Kurt Henning beat was him. Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect. Right. Mr. Perfect beats him. Ric Flair's got to leave. He's got to leave. That's how. That's how it works. That's how it works. I, I do. I do appreciate the folks too that have fallen along in the Danger Zone bid for so long that they actually did not actually believe the Danger Zone was dead. Yeah. They thought it was just another bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can see that. Yeah. Right. If you were if you were on the outside and didn't know what was happening. <laughs> You're like, oh, definitely. these two guys. Wow, I can't believe they – I can't like, believe – Oh, that was fun. Like, yeah, I, it, that's great. It had to escalate to that point at some point. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to say point twice. <laughs> <coughs> we have producer Christina behind the glass as well. What's going on? How are you doing? Hello. Good morning. How, how's everything going back there? Uh, a little tired, a little but tired. I've got my coffee. Okay. Are you a night well, owl as well? Uh, no. No. You're a morning person. Oh. Uh, well, I don't know. I guess. Wait a uh, second. So you're, you're not a morning person. You're not a night. I mean, what's? She's uh, like, I'm I'm the middle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm nice, awake for six hours a day. <laughs> I'm a nice midday person. Oh, mid-day. I'm most productive in the afternoon. From like eleven <laughs> to four, she's That's all. Tired. Tired. I'm, I'm, I'm I get all up yours. around noon. <laughs> I go back to bed at six. <laughs> Very tough. Exactly. Don't wake up early. I don't go to bed super late. Middle of the afternoon, <laughs> mall years. All right. That's it. Perfect. I like it. Hey, we got a great show in front of us today. Uh, we're really going to dig in uh, to the – if you thought this was going to be a throwaway show, you were incorrect. It's oh. uh, a, a going to be a great show uh, today. We're going to be talking about new faces in new places, talking about some coaching changes. I, I think this is extremely important because a lot of folks aren't up to speed on the coaching changes, and I know it seems like, you know, when you're in this building, when you're in this culture, you're, oh, of course, well, I mean, obviously they have a new offensive coordinator. Look, I mean, sometimes, you know, casual fans who play fantasy are into fantasy, they don't quite remember, you know what I mean? So it's kind of good to get into the background of some of these new head coaches and and really some of these new offensive uh, coaches that are going to be installed as well. So we'll talk about some uh, new faces in some new places, get the fantasy minds rolling in that direction as well. We'll close out your show with a round of Daily Daps. we start your show as we always do with your top fantasy headlines. Oh, my God, the news! We really do have breaking news. Hey, did you guys know that the Eagles, the <laughs> Patriots, are playing in the Super Bowl? That is breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> news! <laughs> I don't even know if this first item is, is that fantasy relevant. As a matter of fact, I know it's not. Julio Jones is back in camp, ending his extremely short holdout. The only reason I bring it up, because it has been a hot topic online and over the air as well. <laughs> how lame the holdout was? Well, no. The fact that this this Atlanta news how, guy. How lame the, some of the fans have been. Oh, my God. The fans have it. been just been acting up. But, no, but the, this Atlanta news guy, right, who, who, who at tweeted Julio Jones <laughs> and said his son changed his screensaver from Julio Jones to, like, Matt Ryan or something. And that Julio Jones should know. Just, just FYI, because of your holdout, my son is, is going to be changing his screensaver from Julio Jones to some other Falcons player who is not holding out. And the, the responses to that have just been glorious. 
I mean, that really made my day on Twitter yesterday, just reading some of these responses. The, the memes, the memes? Were, were great. Oh, my God. It's Fantastic. But I mean, what we're going to do now is we're going to tell people that we're replacing our yeah, the screensaver. screensaver. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Just just thought you should know. Which my response was, like, people still use screensavers? I, like, I was like, don't you just don't you just have your screen the, just like, go black screens? or whatever? I think it's on the phone. Right I think it's on oh, the phone. See, I always call that, I consider that wallpaper. Oh. No, this is wallpaper. I don't know. All right, whatever. I think this it's, is really, I think it's the this phone is really fascinating for somebody who right. can't see my phone. <laughs> what's on my your phone? Screen it's, your, it's your daughter. That's yeah, the wallpaper. Perfect. It's us. Okay. But what's the screen? I surprise her. That's uh, And that's, then the uh, screensaver. Lock it up. Let's see it. What Disney's it? California oh, okay. Adventure. It's, it's your daughter again. Okay, great. Yeah. All right, perfect. Uh, my, actually, my wife actually gets mad at me for not having my daughter as my screensaver or my that is pretty weak. Okay, all right. Anyways, regardless, it's it's just a fun story. <laughs> Actually, my wife came by my desk here at work one day, and there's like 45 photos of my daughter. Oh, okay. And there's like one little photo one of, of her. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, but yeah, no. So uh, it's just been a, a fun, weird story. Just wanted to get that out of the way because, uh, well, it was. What is this guy? First of all, what's this guy thinking, man? Like, bro. Like you're gonna add tweet Julio Jones and and talk about your son's screensaver? I mean, because you so, know that half so the odd. people are on management side. So he was gonna he was looking for a lot of hero hero likes oh, of people being like, yeah, dude, yeah, you're, yeah your son, you love the way him. your son thinks. <laughs> your son's a great young man. <laughs> love where his head's at. <laughs> So Which is that's what you're going for, but you're going to get ratioed because people are going to be like, "You're an idiot." Who cares? <laughs> uh, the the other thing too is, is the fact that it, it's look, your 11 year old son or whatever. It's he, it's it's very unlikely he came to this uh, like this concept, this idea independently. You probably shoehorned him in there, you know, like, "Hey, son, I mean, this guy's holding out. Can you believe it?" I mean, I mean Matt, right. Matt, Matt Ryan's in camp. I mean, his just, kid's gonna be like, "What's a holdout? <laughs> what does that mean?" I know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh man, come on. It's, anyway, you know, I don't, I don't like when people do that. If you're gonna use your kids as props for things like that, yeah, it should be in the positive, sure type of thing. Because oh, like, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, my yeah, daughter, yeah. who is uh, three, yeah. She likes to hit the ball off the tee, but then she hits the ball like she does, and then she bat flips. <laughs> so I sent that to my friend who works in the Angels media relations department. I'm like, can you tell Luis Valbueno to stop bat flipping? It's <laughs> like what my daughter's <laughs> doing. <laughs> like, that's, that's fine. My child no longer respects the game because Luis Valbuena has bat flipped. I, I will text. Uh, this is such a name drop. Yes. I hate to name drop, but not enough to keep me from doing it. (laughs) Who in it? Is I'll text Tyler Skaggs. Tyler Skaggs. Pitcher for the Angels. Yeah, buddy. Um, He came on Madden, the uh, Madden NFL Live. Okay. And he met my daughter. So it's like, oh, so, you know, she kind of recognizes his face. Okay. So (laughs) when he goes up, when he pitches, I let her stay up to watch until he gets pulled. So then, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, one time I'm like, dude, you you got to come out before the seventh inning because my daughter gets to stay up late. She can't be staying up until 9.30 because you are selfishly staying in this game, blowing down the White Sox. Unbelievable. That's great. Um, all right, so Ron Rivera, this is fantasy relevant for sure. Ron Rivera says he wants to get Christian McCaffrey 25 to 30 touches per game <laughs> next season. He also says he could see run CMC having 200 carries that part i can actually buy but the 25 to 30 touches per game 
I feel like everyone in and around fantasy football immediately flashed back to the, we're going to give C.J. Spiller the ball until he pukes, right? Like, that's, <laughs> right. that was immediately what I flashed back to, right? We know how that worked out. So, I, come on, man. Like, Wait, did that not work out well? That uh, did not uh, work out well. I puked after drafting him. I think a lot of people did. You know, I mean, you're going to tell me that, that Christian McCaffrey is going to go from averaging about 12 touches per game right. to 25 when you have, C- especially when you have C.J. Anderson there, who's a younger, that's what I'm saying, better version of what you Jonathan had last Stewart, year, and Jonathan right, right, Stewart, right, like, right, right. come on, dog, <laughs> come on, dog. I feel like a lot of this stuff is to put that notion into the mind of defensive coordinators who will be game planning for Carolina in the upcoming season. Of like, whoa, they they might use this guy a lot, and they're just trying to fool them. But at this point in our lives we should know that coaches lie they don't care about our like that would be like this that would be such a fantasy friendly move that we would love it like if if you were serious i would love it like it's your friend who's like yeah dude i dude i'm totally out i'll 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 get the rooms at the ari i'll pay for them you're like okay that'd be great and then it never happens like that's what it's like right there so i'm i uh i appreciate ron rivera trying to play the game but dude no um, just for, I guess, fact's sake, just for fact's sake here, in his rookie season, and I get it, it's his rookie season, so you could see a little bit of growth here uh, in year number two, but uh, 7.3 rushes per game, five receptions per game. The five receptions per game is was actually pretty damn incredible, 80 receptions on the year um, in the PPR format. That That is a game changer at the running back position, but you add it all up, it's about 12 point, it's exactly 12.3 uh, touches per game. Uh, going back to his 200 uh, carries on the season, uh, if you were to break that down, 200 carries per game uh, breaks down to 12 and a half carries per game. And again, last year he had 7.3 uh, carries per game. So you would have to see pretty significant uh, uptick there in touches uh, on the ground and through the air for him to get 25 to 30. That is. <coughs> That's uh, that's significant. I think we'll see some growth. I think we will see some growth, but twenty-five to thirty? No, that's. I've got him bumping up to eighteen, which is what about a fifty percent increase from last year. Yeah. Right, exactly. Right. Going from twelve to eighteen. That's yeah, a, that's a lot. Sounds about good. That's a lot. Sounds pretty good. Talk about doubling a guy's touches. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> and that's you think good. about a player who's comparable. Yeah. To uh, oh, you know what? This will be for we're talking about the coaching changes. I'll okay. save it. Oh, there you go. Nice, a little bit of a tease going ahead. Okay, so uh, all right, we go to Cleveland, where the Browns' GM John Dorsey said the team has considered signing Dennis Bryant. Related, Dorsey also says he expects Josh Gordon to play uh, if Josh Gordon were to miss any time. Reported that Corey Coleman would play outside. Again, if Josh Gordon were to miss any time, so I it, it's interesting to me. I I don't think you could have it both ways, can you? Can you? If you're John Dorsey, can you really say we absolutely 100% expect Josh Gordon to play? Oh, by the way, we're also considering Des Bryant. Yeah, I mean it's one of those. They all he said was that they discussed it, and it was probably immediately dismissed. Okay, I got you. Like when you're discussing where we're gonna go to lunch, when somebody says, right. "How about Papa John's?" You're like, "Nope." Nope. But we discussed it. <laughs> I see. I we see. did discuss it. And if you think that Des Bryant is the answer, <laughs> you're wrong. It's like being stranded in the desert and you hear like, hey, the rescue workers are coming and they're they're bringing LaCroix. And you're like, you know what? Fine. I'm good. I'm actually, <laughs> actually wow. going to stay out here and die. 
Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's taking a, bl- take a blowtorch to Papa John's and LaCroix. What, what's going on here? Well, only because they're both terrible. Okay. Jeez. But now, there's going like, to be, be some poor. Hold on. There's going to be some poor, you know, I don't mean person that in, at home. I don't mean that in a bad way, though. There's going to be some poor person at home listening to this podcast, literally mid-bite <laughs> of Papa John's it, with LaCroix in hand. Yep. Take a photo. Listen. Throwing it down on the table and saying, what <laughs> I, the hell, I man? will invite you, the first person that, that tweets me a photo of you eating a Papa John's pizza <laughs> right, while LaCroix. drinking a LaCroix. <laughs> LaCroix. You're in the league. First one only. First one. This is what happened last year when I opened this up, and I'm like, hey, the first person who can send me a photo of the original drummer of Blink-182, you're in my league, and I got, my timeline was 800 photos of Scott Rayner, and I'm like, oh, this isn't what I wanted. That's great. Um, Cameron Meredith, ACL, MCL tear member, uh, he's going to avoid the pupla, so he'll, he'll be able to practice with the team uh, during this uh, offseason period, Don- Deontay Foreman is is was placed on the PUP list. I mean, at this point, it's kind of a meaningless designation, mostly because players on the preseason pop can come off of it at any time before the final 53-man roster is announced. But it does kind of sort of give you an idea where these guys are health-wise. So Cameron Meredith not on the pop, Deontay Foreman on the pup, and that's kind of what we expected as well because Deontay Foreman coming off of that Achilles injury pretty late in the season last year. I would imagine he actually starts on the regular season pup list as well. I'd, I'd be very surprised if he was able to go uh, before the first six weeks of the regular season as well. All right, we go to new faces in new places. We're talking about new head coaching changes in various destinations and, of course, the corresponding offensive coordinators that are in those new spots as well. We'll start, we'll go alphabetically, because what the hell, why not? We go in Arizona, the Cardinals, Bruce Arians and his beautiful Kangle, they retired. They hired Panthers defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. Mike McCoy, former Broncos OC, former Chargers head coach, Mike McCoy is now the Arizona Cardinals offensive coordinator. Marcus Grant, what do we make of those changes there? Um... I think, you know, it's interesting, but I, I think the issue for the Cardinals isn't really about the coaching and the scheme. It, it's about personnel. Right. And there just isn't a lot. There's David Johnson. Mm-hmm. There's Larry Fitzgerald. And, <laughs> I mean, what, Ricky, what, what, Ricky what, Seals Jones. What else we got? Maybe. What else we got? I mean, there's What's not there's just not much anything? there. Anything? So, I mean, Mike McCoy can try and scheme the hell out of this thing. Right. But – uh, without a whole lot of personnel, there's just there's just not much there. Now, I, I do think I think this bodes well for Josh Rosen. I think this bodes well for him. You know, end up you know being the starter, if not week one, but early in the year because you know he for me was the most polished uh, of this quarterback class in the draft. But you know, again, you know, there's only so much that that Larry Fitz and David Johnson can do for this offense. I think I think DJ is a top five pick. I think Larry Fitzgerald is gonna again be a solid probably wide receiver two for somebody. That's it. I think a lot of folks were expecting a pretty run-heavy approach, I think, with Wilkes, uh, given his ties to the defensive side of the ball, which we've seen so often, <clears throat> and also the fact that he, he comes from a Carolina uh, organization that obviously ran the ball heavily as well. But uh, 
Mike McCoy out of rank is kind of known more as a quarterback's coach when he was the, the head guy for the Chargers for four years. The offense in terms of total yards ranked fifth, 18th, 9th, and then 14th. So pretty good. <clears throat> We're talking generally in the top half of the NFL in terms of total yards. Yeah, and when you have a defensive coordinator, a former defensive coordinator as your head coach, I see him spending a little bit more time with the defense, allowing Mike McCoy, who, as you said, was a coordinator for the Broncos, but also a head coach, and giving him a little bit more freedom right. uh, to do what he needs to do offensively. I think that this is going to actually be pretty good for David Johnson. Uh, Sam Bradford, if he does play, yeah. uh, is very effective when he does over the last – Two years, he has the highest completion percentage of any quarterback with at least 15 starts. He's is that complete, right? Yeah, about 70%. Wow. And the good thing is, is those aren't necessarily deep throws down the field. They're working uh, working a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage, which right. means a lot more opportunity for David Johnson catching the ball out of the backfield, which really sets him ahead of a lot of his uh, contemporaries and why he's a first-round pick and people shouldn't be scared about uh, taking him this year. So, And, and I agree with Marcus uh, about Josh Rosen. I think between the three of us, we watch a lot of Pac-12 football. Right. And we've probably come to that same conclusion that Marcus did with him being the most polished guy coming in that if, yep. if, there, if there was a, a reason uh, for him to start, be it Bradford being injured or them just wanting to turn to the youth, I don't think that there will be a downtick in the production for Larry Fitzgerald or David Johnson, so you should feel pretty safe with either one of those guys. Yeah, you know, Mike McCoy does have a little bit of a West Coast offense uh, background. Uh, it, it makes me actually feel pretty good, I, I think, about somebody like Larry Fitzgerald who, and again, you think about the skill set with Sam Bradford or Josh Rosen. These guys are going to be great uh, throwing inside and short. So, you know, Larry Fitzgerald seems to me to be a pretty good value pick. David Johnson, he's going to, we know about his skill set coming in out of the backfield as well. So, Mike McCoy, again, if he installs that West Coast offense that we think he will, I think it bodes well for the short area passing game of the Arizona Cardinals. For the Chicago Bears, they mercifully fired John Fox, who went a shocking 14-34 and 34 <laughs> in three seasons <laughs> in Chicago. 14-34. and 34. Uh, By the way, side note on John Fox, and I've said this before, but if you take away his three Peyton Manning seasons, okay, if you take away his three Peyton Manning seasons, Fox is only three winning seasons out of 13 tries. 13 tries, he's got three winning seasons. I mean, okay. That's not good. That's all well and good, but, you know, Hugh Jackson would have to go 13-3 and three this year to get to 14-34 <laughs> and 34 over a three-season Oh, span. man, that's right. He would have to go 13. <laughs> the, the Browns would have to go 13-3 and three this year oh, for man. Hugh Jackson to be 14-34 and 34 in the last three seasons. Holy hell. <laughs> that's uh, not good. Uh, the Bears, I know Adam Rank is extremely excited about this, but Matt Nagy is their head coach now. He's former KCOC. They also hired former Oregon head coach Mark Helfrich. <laughs> to be their offensive coordinator as well. This is as forward, uh, offensive forward-thinking team as I think we may have in the league, not named the the, the Rams. So it's – I think there's a, a big reason why the fantasy industry has gotten really excited about the Chicago Bears, Adam Rank. Yeah, because it's very similar to what the Rams went through the, the, the previous year where you had a old-school – Yep. Coach who wasn't interested in having any sort of offensive output. Or winning. They were uh, they were taking the uh, Bobby Boucher route, hoping that the defense could create enough turnovers 
<laughs> and points that way right. to win games and, and not letting the quarterback throw the ball. So Mitch Trubisky walks in as basically a rookie with a lot of experience uh, with a coach coming from the Andy Reid coaching tree, which, you know, if you obviously Doug Peterson, the uh, the shining pupil there, but you realize that player their coaches like Sean McDermott would be considered part of the Andy Reid coaching tree. That guy, I don't know how. Got that Buffalo Bills team to the playoffs last year. So Andy I, Dalton got that Buffalo Bills team to the playoffs. Oh, well, so did the, the the Chargers kickers. <laughs> Chargers kickers also did. So, but still, you know, they won nine games and they were in the playoffs. And so, you Pretty know, you have to give them credit for that. So, I think there's a lot of optimism. I, I think for the first time in what seems like forever, because even when Mark Trestman came in as a successful offensive coordinator in the NFL he was still a CFL guy and there was something you were hopeful but after after that first season uh, especially when all they needed to do was go in to Philadelphia who was either eliminated or they'd already clinched a playoff or whatever Philadelphia did had no reason to play and they lose by 40 (laughs) on Sunday night football and you're like well Trestman sucks and he's gonna get another year uh and then the the next week they lose on the Aaron Rodgers, whatever. Um, <laughs> so it's exciting. And I think that a lot of people, it, it's one of those things that you're not going to be able to capitalize in your fantasy drafts because everybody right. is hip to this. It's like, already ev- Like it's not, yeah. you're like, hey, dude, this bear, like nobody's like, it's right. not a secret. There is a secret. We're going through this coaching Right. Roster changes. I'm excited to talk about one team because there is one, Ooh. one squad that had a a real, uh, a real nice change at head coach and offensive coordinator. That's going to mean a world of difference. I but like it, it. while I think the Bears are going to be good, you're not going to find the value. By the, the way, the, actually, the only place you're going to find the value, okay, interestingly enough, is at the running back spot because nobody Jordan wants Howard. nobody wants to take Jordan Howard, which is fine by me. I mean. Jordan Howard, I think he's a great second-round pick. Yeah. I just, as I'm looking here and I'm seeing the names of Matt Nagy and Mark Helfrich, yes. I, I just don't understand how how Jordan Howard is a three-down back well, with, with those with those two guys running the offense. He's, he's just not. It's, it's impossible. He's not. He's just not. I think he's. I think he'll be a great, and we talked about this on the previous pod, he'll be a three-down back if they get nine yards on first and second down. You keep it on third down again. It's fine. No, but I mean, look, uh, Jordan Howard, where he's going – uh, what late uh, mid to late second round? Uh, it's a great value. Uh, Even I mean, slide into the third round. Let's say you get. I mean, I think it's I think it's really fair to assume that this guy you know is going to push for thirteen hundred total yards. You know, and if this offense performs like a lot of folks think they might perform with the addition of guys like Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, you're going to take the, the 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 handcuffs off of Mitch Trubisky, uh, Trey Burton uh, at, at tight end. If if this offense performs the way a lot of folks think they might, certainly I think Jordan Howard can you know push for ten to twelve touchdowns. I don't think that's out of the room. Yeah, nine last year. Right, that's exactly right. So and if they're on the field more, if they're moving the sticks, I mean it's it's one thing to be a three. Like was he a three down back the last two years? I mean he wasn't a huge part of the passing. Well, they didn't try to pass the ball, but that's the thing. It's like <laughs> you're not on the field that long. I think it's, he got, but he got fifty if, targets his rookie if, year. If you're a, craziness. If, if you're a three down back, yeah, on a team that's constantly going three out, three and out, right? Then wouldn't you rather be a, a two, two down, down back, back on a <laughs> driving down right. the field? That's exactly right. And be the guy that that's they're going to exactly prefer right. to go to 
when it gets near the end zone. And defensively, they kept Vic Fangio. Uh, they drafted Roquan Smith, who at the moment has not signed, but we expect that to not be much of a right. an issue. But even if – whatever. Like, their defense is still coming along to where they should be better and be in more competitive games and hopefully be winning more games, which would allow them to run the ball a little bit more. Like, I, I this is my thing, is like looking at – the way I've been doing mock drafts is I've gotten off. I'm off running backs again. You're off, I'm off running backs again. I'm going to go receiver, receiver. And if I sit there and I get like. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. How about if you're near the top of the draft? Whatever. You, you're, let's say you're picking third overall. You're not taking running back there? Take Antonio Brown. Okay, so Boom, let's say. Done. Okay, okay, you take Antonio Brown off the top. Now, you just said if Jordan Howard is there in the second round, you're going to take. How are you not going to. Nobody's taking him in the second round. Oh, you're going to try to take him and sneak He's him He's going to be third. in the third. He, dude, you could almost wait to the fourth. Okay. People do not like Jordan Howard. All right. Like, he is universally despised outside of Schaumburg wow. and Naperville. What about Downers Grove? Oswego. How do they feel about him there? Don't, don't you feel as if he, his value oh, – they love him at Downers Grove. That's what I thought. Oh. They love him. Um, <laughs> it's when you get down to Juliet is where it starts to <laughs> turn really, a little bit. Okay. You no, get out to Sterling, you're getting I, I close think, to that Iowa border. I do think, I do think it's important to note, though, that uh, I think in industry mocks – I think he'll go lower. But I think if you play in a more casual league, I, I do well, think. I, I mean, I can in my home league. Like, that's going to be a pause. I play in two leagues with Chicago people. Like, he's going in the first round. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think when you talk about the mean. No, okay. because people listen to industry people. And then so, yeah. unless you listen to, like, Brandon Marion Lee or a, who's the other. I think Brad Evans is the other guy. I think it's the three of us who are like pro, uh-huh. pro Jordan Howard, and yeah. the rest of the industry is like this guy sucks. Brad <laughs> also has very strong <laughs> Chicago land Chicago ties. ties. Do. Don't don't act like that's the reason. <laughs> no. There you go. Uh, we'll move on. The Detroit Brandon line. doesn't. She's from New York. Is okay. Um, so we got one. <laughs> the Detroit Lions finally let go of Jim Caldwell. They hired Matt Patricia, the former Patriots defensive coordinator he's going to be there with his magnificent beard and that pencil in his ear i'm sure uh he retained jim bob cooter as his offensive coordinator which i think is actually a pretty damn smart uh, call uh, on matt patricia's part uh, there's going to be a lot of continuity there uh in regards to the offense but do we expect any change again we when we talk about defensive coordinators taking over head coaching roles you expect there to be a little bit more of a run-heavy approach because that's how you protect your defense a little bit. You got to grind clock a little bit, a little bit more ball control. Uh, It's not necessarily always the case, but we've seen enough, I think, of a sample size to kind of expect that a bit uh, there in Detroit. But Marcus Grant, your thoughts on, on the Lions head coaching change? I don't know that it changes a lot fantasy wise. And I think mostly because they kept Jim Bob Cooter. I mean, they, they kept the same offensive coordinator. But so. you think they still throw it as much as they did? I mean, and if they don't, well, certainly that impacts Marvin Jones, Matt Stafford as a streamer. He's coming from True. a team that throws the ball all the time. Right, but the, if you look, the, over the last few years, the number of pass attempts for the, the Lions has gone down steadily. In fact, last year, I think Stat was uh, Stafford's fewest – uh, like in a full season that he's played, I think it's like there's like 560 or something like that, which is a lot, but not where you know when he was up there throwing the ball 650 times a game right, or a right. season rather. Um, so I don't know that it changes a whole lot. I think the the one thing that we're still trying to figure out that we've been trying to figure out with them for years is the running back situation. Does Legarrette Blunt get more work because he has that history with Matt Patricia in New England? 
Um, you know, what happens to carry on Johnson? You know, what, who ends up staying or going between Theo Riddick and Amir Abdullah? That's the hard part, I think, to figure out. Um, and at this point, I've kind of washed my hands of that whole Lions backfield. But I think in terms of how they kind of deploy guys and, and how that offense works, I still right. think it, it primarily runs through the right arm of Matt Stafford, getting the ball out, you know, short, efficient, quick passing to Golden Tate, getting the ball downfield to Marvin Jones. Maybe we see Kenny Galladay start to work in a little bit more this year, but I, I don't expect this to be a major overhaul. Okay, that's fair. Um, in terms of the backfield, I'm actually I'm actually really intrigued by LeGarrette Blunt. I'm actually Same. intrigued. I think because where you're getting him, because he's going, I mean, just unbelievably late, but where you can get LeGarrette Blunt, I mean, I don't. do you think 900 total yards in – you know, six to eight touchdowns, is that is that out of the realm possibility? I mean, they're still probably going to be looking for somebody to be that, that bell cow, you know, and everybody by now knows that the Lions have gone, what is it, 64, 68, 68, game, I believe, 68 yeah. games, dating all the way back to when Reggie Bush was with the team, the last time they had a, a rusher, rusher top yeah. 100 yards. And there's a good chance it doesn't happen this year. Like, it's, oh, not, like, yeah. it's not like LeGarrette Blunt is going to – is known for uh, as being a 100-yard rusher, but – we could see a similar type of situation to a couple of years ago where he's hovering around a, a thousand yards, but he gets double digit touchdowns. And I think that that's a very realistic expectation for a guy who's going in the double digit rounds. I don't know. And I don't understand why people are sleeping on him so hard. And I think this Lions team can surprise a lot of people. I know it, it's funny because the, the Patriots coaches, uh, they get, they get universally panned as like, oh, these guys never work out. You know, and you think of like uh, Eric Mangini, uh, Josh McDaniels, Romeo Cornell, and Bill O'Brien. But right. in the first year of those guys, they are a combined 33 and 31. Three out of those four coaches took their team to a better record yeah. than what they had when they inherited the club. So oh, that's they're, interesting. Yeah. They're, they're, I expect a lot of the same from the Lions, and I think that it'll be a little bit of an improvement for LeGarrette Blunt. I think he will end up being not necessarily the answer. Like, you're not bringing back uh, the reincarnation of Barry Sanders, but okay. I think that you're going to have a solid running game to go with Marvin Jones and Golden Tate, and I'm pretty excited about this offense. Yeah, it's interesting to me, man. Like, I look at the uh, I look at the value right now for uh, LeGarrette Blunt. He's going uh, – he, he's got an ADP in the 150s. <laughs> In the 150. So, I mean, even... That's a 15th round if you're in a 10-team league. league yeah. Actually, it's a 16th round in a 10-team league. I beg but, your pardon. But uh, but in a 12-teamer, that's still... You're still talking 13th round. Yeah, that's still super late. I mean, that's crazy that you could get this guy in the 13th round. This is why I'm going receiver early, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, and, and a lot of folks, too, I think underappreciate LeGarrette Blunt's game. I, I think last year for Philadelphia, I honestly thought there were times where especially after Carson Wentz went down they relied on the power run game and they needed LeGarrette Blunt uh, to go in there and and just grind out yards grind out first downs and and I think he performed admirably as a matter of fact when you you look at his um, advanced stats in terms of yards gained after close he was one of the best in the NFL so when we're talking about you know elusiveness based off of yards gained after close again we know LeGarrette Blunt to be a banger but, man, last year he really, really showed, uh, regardless of what the situation was, uh, this is a guy that, that performed admirably, and I think he's still got a little bit of juice left. And, and, again, at that price, oh, my goodness, 13th round of 12-team league. Sign me up for that guy all day long. All right, we move on. The Colts, they fired Chuck Pagano. 
they hired Frank Reich, fresh off the uh, Super Bowl win as the offensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles, the aforementioned. Nick Sirianni is their new offensive coordinator, who was most recently the Rams' wide receiver coach, but was also the Chargers' quarterback's coach previously as well. Uh, gentlemen, we'll start with you, MG. My guy, Marcus Grant, Indianapolis, the Colts. They go on from Chuck Pagano to Frank Reich. Your thoughts here. Is Andrew Luck healthy? Uh, he's not on the pop. No. Nope. Because <laughs> really, that's that's all that matters with this I, offense. I can't even answer yes or no to that question. I can just tell you he's not on the pop. Right. I, I mean, but like none of this other, none of this other stuff matters. You don't think so? Doesn't really matter. You unless, don't think so? No. If Andrew Luck's not healthy and it's just, you know, if he's not 100% or if it's Kobe Brissett, like none of this other stuff matters. It doesn't. Like if, if, if Andrew Luck's not there, you yeah. drafted T.Y. Hilton before like the fourth round? Nope. Nope. Well, if, if Andrew Luck's not healthy, do you care about any of their running backs? Nope. Let, right? Let me put it to you this way. Let me put it to you this way. Um, let's say you took the Saints uh, personnel right now. The, mm-hmm. the exact same personnel. You don't change a damn thing. All right? You got the exact – Drew Brees, Al, Alvin Kamara, all those things. All right, you take out Sean Payton, you put in John Fox. It, it, I mean, and, and, and vice versa. If it was John Fox and then you give him Sean Payton, it's, that, that's why I think the coaching changes matter – in terms of setting expectations, setting prices, uh, in terms of your fantasy draft. Right, except that, I mean, you just said earlier, you, you talked about John Fox and his generally awful record, yes. except that he won when he had talent. I and, see what you're saying. And right now, I see what you're saying. right now, I mean, so much of this Colts offense hinges on whether or not they have the talent of Andrew Luck in this thing. And if they don't, it's not going to matter who it is. Like, you can scheme all you want. Okay. You can come up with the best routes, the best, you know, if your guys can't block, if your guys can't get open, if your guys can't catch, it doesn't really matter how much you scheme, right? So if Andrew Luck's not there and he's not guiding this offense, I don't care if it's Nick Sirianni, I don't care if it's Chuck Pagano, I don't care if, you know, I mean, short of Frank Wright coming off and, and you know, reprising his role as the Bills quarterback <laughs> to, you know, to take down the, the Oilers. Yeah. It, it really all hinges around whether or not Andrew Luck's going to be that guy this year. All right. Very simple. Very simple. That's, That's it. it. That's, That's it, it right there. Although, if I was the Colts, yeah, you know what I would do? I wouldn't give any updates on, on Andrew, Andrew Luck. Luck. I, was, I would have sure. stopped that a long time I ago. I would give no updates, and then all of a sudden in week one. Isn't that what they did, though? In week one, I would drop all the house lights, uh-huh. have it go dark, and then one single silhouette on a tunnel. <laughs> Here comes Andrew Luck. He's going to start. He's starting. Andrew Luck is start. What a moment. That would be because listen, the Colts aren't. You're not going to win anything, so you might as well have some fun with this. I mean, he is right. I would. I mean, I would have started a storyline that Jacoby Brissett hits Andrew Luck with a metal folding chair. Okay, and have that be a running storyline through the summer. I think. Well, I think it might be be even better if it was the other way. Oh no, you're right. Jacoby Brissett hits Andrew Luck with the the. the, I would. I would actually. I would break in. To and then week one on the on the NFL, I would have just Lux laying on the locker room floor, right, grabbing his shoulder. He's like, like oh, no, Jacoby, no! what happened? And then have him just practice in <laughs> right. secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send him you. somewhere else. Have him have him wear a mask. Okay, so week one, so week one, Jacoby he just Brissett, shows up. No, no, Jacoby Brissett star starts air quotes here, and out of the rafters, sting style. Yes. Then you drop the lights, and he just drops into the drops huddle. In. Just drops into the huddle from the from the roof of Lucas Oil Stadium. <laughs> why? Why doesn't the NFL do this? Why can't I give them ideas? 
This is the best way to play it. When you have – We've like given you, people zero fantasy advice on the Colts. Marcus gave you all the fantasy advice. <laughs> okay? We had moved on. His advice I, was you want Andrew me? Luck plays. That's who cares. That's exactly – that's it. Okay, that's all, all we right, have. Right, fair you enough, want me fair to enough. repeat the same thing? Here's okay. the thing. Uh, well, this is like it without Andrew right, Luck. We, we move on. The without New York Giants, they fired Ben McAdoo and his 11 personnel. They hired Vikings OC Pat Shermer. They hired – Mike Shula as well to be their OC. Hey, boy. Um, to be honest with you, I was doing a little research on the on the whole uh, New York Giants OC thing. It sounds mm-hmm. as if uh, Mike Shula might have been uh, Shermer's fourth option, M- maybe even lower. Maybe, right. Maybe even lower. They, they wanted a few different guys from a few different places that went other places or teams wouldn't allow them to talk to their guy. Uh, but is by the way, is there a team more, you know, is there more nepotism than than there is right now with with the New York Football Giants with uh, Dave Gettleman as their GM? I mean, it's they bring in Jonathan Stewart on a nonsensical tr- contract. Mike Shula, of course, was the uh, longtime Carolina OC as well. It's just it's so not his actual a, son, but like no, but just. It's not if, like if Odell you, Beckham Jr.'s son is now the if kicker. You have ties, <laughs> <laughs> if you have ties to Carolina, Gettleman's interesting. Interesting, yeah. Because I was thinking like maybe Archie Manning would have been their OC. Right. It was true nepotism. I get you. In that way. Uh, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I guess we got to pay. and We got to have an offensive coordinator. We might as well have Mike Shula here. Don't do anything. Just, uh, <laughs> just hang out, and, and Shermer's going to be running that offense. Yeah, I would imagine so. And so, imagine. and listen, this is this is one of the fights. This is a hill where early on this summer, yeah, I was willing to just start swinging on people, talking about Sterling Shepard, and I'm like, it's not because you hear this a lot, and we could go back to the Bears, okay? And you hear this like this is like listen, pull out a mechalata. And watch it, listen to a fantasy <laughs> podcast or watch a fantasy show. And anytime right. somebody says, hey, uh, Trey Burton plays the U like Travis, just slug, just drink that whole thing. And you'll be wasted by the time that show's over. And so it's so, it's so lazy and easy just to try to make those comparisons. Yes. And since it's so easy, I will do it. Okay, good, perfect. But it's hard not to see <laughs> okay. the success oh my God. that Adam Thielen had in the slot I mean, literally, in Minnesota. It, it, and then you see – and it's not like Sterling Shepard's a bum. I love, like I love that you're trying of, to take battle axes to people and, and it's, saying, oh, you're making these lazy compared. Battle axe, battle axe. And then – it's like, oh, yeah, this it's guy's like, going to be Adam. I'm pissed oh, when okay. you do it. I don't <laughs> care when I do it. Like, we're in the gym, you know, and there's a, we're, like, we work out at a small yes. boutique gym, and there's a very small space that's just open, All right. and you could go out there, and I could turn on YouTube and do some yoga stretches for 20. Oh, okay. I don't care when I do it, right. but if some other jerk is over there doing it, I'm pissed. I see. Like, what are you doing taking up this space for 20 minutes? Like, if I'm on the cable crosses for a half, that's fine. But if you're there for 30 seconds, I'm immediately livid. Okay? So that's what I'm saying. So I know. I'm just I'm giving everybody before. The, I'm just letting you know that you, it's easy. So yeah. Sterling Shepard's out. It's so easy. Yeah, it's so easy. Okay, good. It's so easy to make that connection, okay. and I and right. I try not to do it. I try to, eh, okay, I get it, but they're different people and everything. 
at the same time, the one thing that I really like about this offense yeah. is that they have so many different people that you have to contend with. You, you obviously have Odell Beckham yeah. Jr. Yeah. Saquon Barkley, if he's as good, if he's half as good right. as we think he right. is, he is going to be a, a very baller. good running right. back. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. Woo. So you have all these guys Woo. that it's – when you're in the eighth round and you've kind of got your starter set – Yeah. This is the perfect start opportunity to start taking guys yeah. like Sterling Shepard. And everybody's acting like I'm like, oh, I'm taking Sterling Shepard in the first round. I'm like, it's my fourth receiver. Like, <laughs> am I not allowed? And I understand. <laughs> you can call me out and be like, it's not exactly it. I'm, you're right. But at the same time, this is a coach okay. that has favored the slot position. Okay. This is a receiver who was one of the best slot receivers in college when he came out. He has He's had some pretty good NFL career, oh, yeah. NFL seasons oh, too. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So I'm excited about him, and if you don't, and listen, here's the thing: if you don't like, don't draft him. Okay, okay. You don't have to let me know about it on Twitter. Just don't draft him. Okay, great. Uh, by the way, I did want to mention though that uh, you know obviously there's a lot to get excited about in terms of Pat Shermer uh, being the head coach there in New York, but it, it should be noted both Pat Shermer and Mike Shula, I think, have shown a heavy commitment to the run game as well. It it, it gets me really, and again, we talk about the. One of the more underreported storylines, but I think the Giants have have done well to revamp their offensive line. Oh yeah, uh-huh. people don't really realize that right now because it was one of the worst units in the NFL last year, last year. But they addressed it this year. I think they've done it through free agency. I think they've done it through the draft as well. And Shermer and Shula have both shown a commitment to the run game. That is why. I mean, you got to get really excited, not only just about the run game, but, too, how that might open up things for guys like Odell Beckham, for guys like Sterling Shepard as well. So I'm really excited uh, to see what the Giants bring in 2018. All right, Marcus. Well, Marcus is a huge draft guy. How how key was it, though, getting Will Hernandez? That was big. I mean, that was definitely big, especially when you spend your first-round pick on Saquon Barkley to go and get Will Hernandez to potentially open some holes for him. Um, you know, we know Dave Gettleman is a – he loves his hog mollies, as he says, those big old dudes down in the right, trenches. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I, I, I sneakily kind of like this offense. Um, you know, I'm curious about Eli Manning's arm strength, but, you know, if he's throwing those there short – if he's throwing those intermediate routes to, to Shep and, yeah. and OBJ, Evan Ingram, he'll be all right. Hey, can and Nate Solder was signed, too. To right, that's exactly right. Uh, for the Oakland Raiders, we go to the A. They fired Jack Del Rio. Chucky is back. John Gruden is back. He's gotten a lot of flack, obviously, um, for saying he wanted to bring 1998 back uh, to the Bay Area. But does it mean a run-heavy approach in Oakland to Marcus Grant? Well, I think, first of all, it means the fans should show up wearing cross colors. Um, <laughs> cross colors, maybe some backwards clothes, like yeah, crisscross. Yeah. It'd be crisscross, great. Crisscross, baby. Um, I, I want nothing to do with the Raiders' offense and fans. Nothing? Nothing. What? Because like, there's so really? many, there's so many unknowns. Like, and I, I know the whole take it back to '98, and you know, I don't, I don't fool with GPS and advanced stats and stuff. Like, I know that was sort of tongue in cheek by him. Yeah. But we're talking about a guy who's been out of the has not coached anywhere at Nowhere. any level nope. for a decade. A and decade. The game now is. It's coached and, and and played differently than it was even three or four years ago. That's true. Um, there's just so many. True. There's so many unknowns here in an offense that 
remember a couple years ago, the Raiders were kind of this young, up-and-coming team. They got old in a hurry. <laughs> I mean, they got old. They add Marshawn Lynch. They get Jordy Nelson. This team got really old. And I just, you know, the offensive line after one or two really good years sort of isn't the same as it used to be. There are just so many unknown quantities. I mean, Amari Cooper apparently got fat, according to the pictures that we no. see on the interwebs. Oh, no. Um, I haven't seen Amari Cooper oh, fat photos. Yeah, there were there was some, some hefty Amari Cooper photos. Uh, floating around on the interwebs, and you know, just everything about this is so much in question. I don't want anything to do with the Raiders at all. Um, in terms of the in terms of the one guy that I am absolutely targeting in this offense, and that's why I'm a little bit surprised. It's Marshawn Lynch. It's Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch has got an ADP right now in the late 70s. So you're able to get this guy even in 12 teamers, you know, round seven, eight, and and, and I'm talking. This is uh this is in a PPR value uh, according to fantasy football calculator. And it doesn't make you nervous at all that uh, Gruden is is talking up Doug, <laughs> Doug Martin. Martin. No, 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 not at all. Uh, I mean zero percent. I I think I saw enough on the back half of last year. Marshawn Lynch on the back half of last year w- was pretty special. I, I thought he was terrific. So um, I think he's still got enough uh, left. I, I, look, I think the Oakland Raiders offensive line too. They're still a talented bunch. They underperformed last year. But they're still a very talented bunch. Um, if John Gruden wants to go back to power football, and it sounds like he does, it sounds like he does. If he wants to do that, Marshawn Lynch is a perfect fit. Marshawn, I mean, and again, we saw enough from him last year to to really give you hope and to think. Look, you're not spending a top five pick on Marshawn Lynch. Nope. If that was the price, obviously I'm out. But if you're spending a seventh, eighth maybe even later pick on Marshawn, sign me up for that price all day long. That's just my thought. Uh, but you're right. Other than Marshawn, I'm trying to think of about an offensive player that I might be interested in. I'm not – Jordy. where's Jordy Nelson going? Oh, dude. <laughs> Back oh, to Green Bay at Jordy, some point. Jordy Nelson has still got a top 100 value, so maybe not. He retires as a, as a Packer, though, right? Whenever it's done, he goes back uh, and he, he, sign, he signs the one-day one contract. Yeah, yeah. What else is he going to do? <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. So there you go. Uh, we move on. We go to the Tennessee Titans. This is this the team that you want to talk oh, about, yeah. Adam Rago? Okay. I really like what they did. Uh, they parted ways with Mike Malarkey mm-hmm. and his exotic smash mouth system. They got rid of a coach that won a playoff game. Not a lot of organizations would have the gravitas to do that. Very rare to do that. Although I think it sounded a little more, I'm, I don't want to say mutual, but maybe a little bit mutual. Mutual. I don't know. I, you think I, Malarkey just didn't want to coach? No, Stop it. no, no. There was reports that Mike Malarkey said, "No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fire my OC or DC or whatever it was." Yeah. And they're like, "No, you're gonna do that, or you're gonna get like get let go." Because I well, knew he would, he would walk there. with those guys. Well, there you go. Anyways, um, in these guys don't get fired; they just get reassigned within an organization. <laughs> like, the NFL, the NFL is like some big company. Uh-huh. Like, hey, you're running our Tennessee branch. And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna go to Houston. Or whatever it is. Okay, I got you now. He's fine. Uh, instead of Mike Malarkey, they mm-hmm. hired another Mike. They hired Mike Vrabel. Which is interesting. And, again, we talked about the early first season success for former people tied in with the Patriots. Yeah, he wasn't a coach. He was a linebacker there for the Patriots, obviously. He was most recently the Texans' defensive coordinator. Not for a long time, either. No. No, no, no. Just one season, wasn't it? I thought the last year was his first. Was his first year? It might have been I, his first season. Might have, might have been his second year. I don't know. I I, I got to double check that. But, but I, I see now why you're excited. Exactly. Matt Lafleur. Exactly. And he, this is Tennessee's offensive coordinator. He was most recently the Rams' 
offensive coordinator last year. And Sean McVay wanted to keep him, but didn't want to stand in his way, so he allowed him to. That's pretty cool. Make That's a nice. mutual. It was a it was a sort of mutual move. Like obviously Sean McVay is calling plays. Yeah. Um, Sean McVay is calling the plays, but uh, at the same time, uh, he's still part of that offensive. Yeah. room and everything like that so the one thing that i really like because rabel was an interesting choice and it was uh he's not a long time coordinator which you see a lot of these things but when you when you go for a long time coordinator you end up with somebody like mike malarkey and then we saw what happened with that we, I see what you're saying. a guy coming in and being like i want to be old school and do this you're like nope how about we play modern football let's do that <laughs> so i understand and so rabel you know what okay like we don't really know what he's good at, but if he's a manager of personalities because the defense – he went old school defensively. Who is it? It's P, Dan Pease or Dean Pease. Dean Pease, yeah. He's the guy who's the defensive – okay, you go old school there. That's great. You let that defense go doing it, do its thing. But you bring in a modern offensive coordinator. You compare that to what Carolina did. Now, Carolina went old school and brought in North Turner, and you're like, yeah, that's great. Like, this is, this is again, like, Ugh. this is almost like having John Gruden and Oatey. It's a 90s reboot. Okay. You know, and it could end up flaming out like Fuller House. And so <laughs> you brought in somebody new who's going to run a modern offense with one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. You have Marcus Mariota, who can do a variety of different things. Like, everything that you want a current NFL quarterback to do, he can do he it. Can do it. He's right great at everything he's super mobile he's got a strong arm he, yeah he, you're right he's got everything that we saw out of oregon he can do in the nfl and right. then you've got a lot of nice pieces around him i i think the receivers are, are a little bit underrated Corey, Corey davis, davis was obviously a top five pick right but richard matthews is a quality receiver year in and year out and again when you're targeting players at the end of your draft when you get into those double digit rounds and you see richard matthews available to you make sure that you make that pick. You also have Delaney Walker, uh, Derek Thomas, or Derek Henry. Derek Henry, excuse me. <laughs> Everybody wanted him. Like they were so grateful when Demarco Murray was gone. They're like, finally, this guy's going to carry the ball yeah, three hundred yeah, yeah. times. And then oh, here comes Lewis, Deion Lewis. Lewis, baby. But again, you're 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 going to be in a similar situation to what the the Patriots do. Is okay. we will end up seeing a pretty clearly defined role for each of these running backs. And I think both of them are going to have some value, especially Deion Lewis in PPR leagues, which it seems like a lot of people are starting to gravitate towards more and more. So I like all of this situation. Tennessee's I, offensive line still I, one of the best in the game. Yeah. You know what? I, I mean, everybody loves them because we see them before Predators playoff games, doing their thing, slugging tall boys, having a good time. But they're, they're very good. Uh, pro football focus, I believe, had them as their fifth best offensive line heading into the season you might okay. want to double check on that but i do know that they had a high grade on them yeah so i love everything about them. i love the young offensive coordinator coming in and being able to modernize this offense it's like a fixer upper it's like i don't know if you want to be chip Gaines or whatever but you're walking into this <laughs> who doesn't this want thing? to be chip Gaines, baby you know you don't have to take this place down to the studs okay you know what you just right. put in a couple uh you put in that nice refrigerator with the with the screen that you can watch youtube videos on put in a new oven and boom you're ready to cook uh i think the the values for a lot of these guys the price is right 
uh, for a lot Huge. of Tennessee Titans as well. Derrick Henry has a, a value in the mid-30s. You look at Deion Lewis, he's got a value in the in the early 60s. I think that's pretty good value. You look at Marcus Mariota. Uh, Marcus Mariota's, you know, again, I know quarterback's super, super deep, but if you're if you're one of those, you know, late-round quarterback guys, why not target Marcus Mariota? He's got a value. Super flex, for yeah, sure. One, in the 130s. So, you know, this is it, – it's a – it's a team where you can find a lot of pretty good values, uh, as Adam Rank has pointed out as well. All right, so there you go. Uh, those, Wait a minute. What? Wait. May what? I say something? Yes, please. What? I feel like we skipped a big one. What do we? What do we skip? What do we skip? I think uh, Minnesota. D. Philip. Oh, D. Well, you know what? I just went with uh, new head coaches and their corresponding offense coordinators. Okay. Can I say one thing about please, D. D. Filippo? Yeah. Um, this is something to keep in mind, again, if you're waiting on a quarterback. His emphasis in um, in Philadelphia yeah. was the red zone. Okay. So, obviously, you know, Doug Peterson's running a lot of that stuff. They had Frank Wright there. Yep. But Filippo was in charge of the red zone. And when you looked at Kirk Cousins, why he never seemed to really break out as a fantasy quarterback. Like, the, he was good but never good. Super great. If I'm if I'm remembering this, maybe this is just anecdotal more than anything. But it seemed like Kirk Cousins wasn't as good as he could have been, and I think one of the reasons why he struggled so much was because they were not very good in the red zone. As Washington was one of the worst red zone teams last year, especially because they don't have a running attack that lends itself to being good in the red zone. The Vikings already good in the red zone. Okay. You bring in a coordinator who specialized in the red in zone. the red zone, and so now I'm looking at Kirk Cousins, and we're looking at quarterbacks that perhaps you can wait on a little bit, and people and guys are coming off the board, and if you if you don't have the the guts to wait super long and just grab Philip Rivers, Kirk Cousins is a guy who I've been targeting a lot in a lot of my mocks. He's got a uh, ADP right now in the low 90s, so his services can be had in the eighth round if you are interested in Kirk Cousins. There, I think that's a good note. I think that's a very good note, uh, something that I certainly had not taken uh, hold of in terms of mentally as well. So I, I like that. I'll, I'll think about Kirk Cousins there uh, if I'm looking for – Especially if he falls. And, yeah. it, and I, I think that even uh, – He absolutely – and you know how quarterback is. It's very volatile, man. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks can fall crazy late, crazy late. So either they go early, either they end up on a run and they go early, <laughs> or they fall and, and go late. And you're like, how is Kirk Cousins available in the 12th round? <laughs> Sign me up. Boom, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty good. All right, so we're going to close out your show with a round of Daily Daps. Daps, 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 daps. Now we're talking no, about no. dog bites and <laughs> dipping. <laughs> daps, 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 daps. You know, if you like creepy rabbits, uh, this movie's for you. What a degenerate are Godzilla you? is down there. This is why I love this group of guys. We're like, ah, whirlwind. There it goes. Boom. All right, daily dap time. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, kick us off, pal. Uh, I'm gonna dap. Uh, you know, I I read. You read. I read. All right. So uh, I've, I've you read good. I, I read good, and I do other stuff good too. Um. Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk uh, by Ben Fountain. Um, a fairly recent book. In fact, they made a movie out of it, which I, I did not see. But um, it's been it's been an excellent read. I've, I'm nearly done with it. But the, the premise is a, a, a company of soldiers from uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, are being saluted at a Dallas Cowboys game on Thanksgiving Day. And it's just kind of them, it's fictional, but it's going through their day and meeting the cheerleaders and the players. And, you know, there's a, a Jerry Jones type owner here, uh, you know, and kind of, you know, the way they are sort of paraded around and, and everybody wants to wants a piece of them. Um, 
and just kind of their their experience and kind of comparing their experience in battle versus just kind of running the gauntlet of being back home and everybody wanting to kind of get a piece of them and sort of uh, attach themselves to these heroic soldiers who were in a, a major battle. It's 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 at times funny. It's, it's at times frustrating. It very much I think mirrors a lot of things that are currently going on. Uh, you know, in, in, in America right now. But overall, it's it's super entertaining. It's worth a read. Go pick it up. It, uh, it's quick. It's it's fun. It's uh, it's interesting. Also, Daily Dad to you, James Coe. Thanks, um, man. Thanks, man. And this has been uh, – it's been a wild ride. It's been a fun ride. I know that, uh, you know, every now and then I may have to get out of the bubble to come and, and have a beer with you down in the South Bay. But uh, <laughs> It's I, the South Bay. I know, but it's the South Bay. Like, once I get south of the 105, it's like a whole foreign land down right. there, you it's know? The, it's outside the bubble. It really is. I mean, once I get south of the 105 freeway, south of, like, LAX, like, it, the world is different for me. But um, We'll do that microbrew tour, man. We'll do the microbrew tour. It'll be great. But, you know, since you have come on and been a part of, you know, part of the show and part of this podcast, uh, I mean, you know, we were always on a march, I think, as a group to sort of a, a new level of fun yeah. and content or whatever. And you know, all the you guys don't know how much work James did on this podcast. I mean, he talked about it, the drops you hear, the rundown. So much of what we do is this was this was very much James's baby. And so um, it's going to be different. I'm going to miss you, bro. Uh, you know, we'll still be around. I have. I have your phone number. So, so, I'm not dead. So you're not dead, but uh, it's been great, and I, I wish you all the best. Uh, I know you're right. going to land somewhere. It's going to be great, but uh, we'll, you know, we'll miss you here. Oh, man. Uh, there you Out go. of um, – now, Alex doesn't count because he's in Wisconsin, but Marcus of Franchise, Harmon, and Co., who do you think you'll never see again? <laughs> well <laughs> – well, Franchise and Harmon live in the bubble, so that gives them a leg up right there. No, no, no. Franchise lives in Hollywood. No, no, he, no recently, he, moved. he recently moved to the bubble. Oh, he did? Yes. Oh, where have I been? I don't know. Oh. But it's been Outside about a, it's been a, it's been about a month. It's been Outside about a month now that he's uh, he's one of us now. Oh, one those, of us. All those bros one living in. One of us. <laughs> One of Don't us. Don't look at me. I'm not moving to the bum. I bought a house in Mount Beach. <laughs> you want know, to sell my house and, and go rent in the bubble now? Yeah, sure. Why not? It's not going to happen. All these Encino bros I can't even deal with. Encino? Where do you guys live? Like Temple City or whatever? Temple City? I don't know. I haven't what are you talking about? Like, what's, what, what's the actual name of the city? Because it's not Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Oh. Is it a Los Angeles I live city? in the city of – my address is Los Angeles. Yeah. Yes. How is that possible? Because you you're not even close. Close to Staples Center. <laughs> <laughs> there are like seven people who get this bit I right know, now. I, know, exactly. <laughs> I didn't even. The Temple City drop. I thought it was called oh. Palmdale or oh, something. Unbelievable. Oh, What's Lord. the town like where the where the garage is? It's called Palmdale. It's Los Angeles. No, the city. Palm, called, no, Palms it's, it's is the neighborhood. The neighborhood is called Palms. It's like Koreatown's not an actual city, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a neighborhood. <laughs> just like Palms. Chinatown is. is so there's not a city of Palmdale? There is a there's city of Palmdale. A, now, that's a city. That's called Palmdale. Isn't that right around the corner? That no, that's called not. Palms. Oh. Palmdale's a solid hour from here. What are you talking about? By the way, I I mean, I'm, I'm breaking character here, knowing geography. That is weird. Not, this is not good. That is weird. Uh, well, once we get north of Anaheim, I'm like, whatever. North of Anaheim? Oh, my Lord. Like, nobody cares about the rest of this place. Unbelievable. Producer It's, it's one big, it's what one big movie lot. <laughs> um. Honestly, daily daps to you, Co. Thank you. Um, I've uh, been working with you guys for a few months now, and it's been awesome. Uh, good luck with whatever you have lined up next. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Adam Rank, what do you got? Well, normally, normally. I would have a list a long working. list. But out of respect, and I know I do this uh, I did this for Alex and Matt and all that stuff. So I'm only going to give my dap 
to you and take a few moments to uh, to talk about the journey professionally and personally that we've had. Um, So many good times. It was it was fun to have you join the team and it's it's been a fun journey for with nfl fantasy live it would i mean it's weird to think about like the host that we've had uh with we started with michelle beisner that's right wow on the show and then we went to the smiths of matt smith and, and jason, jason smith and then you came in uh after that a couple of years after that and i feel like if you look at it like a a television show if you look at it like if you're if watching, you look at our television show like, like a television. Well, no, show. like a sitcom. Like if you're watching, yeah, like yeah, How yeah. I Met Your Mother or anything like. So basically, that. we were Sports Night. Boy, we were Sports <laughs> Night or anything like. Oh, they or The Office, like you know, like this is where like seasons three through oh, until Steve Carell left is the the, the the time that it really found its groove. Or you watch Park and Racks, it was terrible the first season, and then really. Found it, and I feel similarly that NFL Fantasy Live really hit its groove um, with you on it. Uh, it was it was cool, like the cool combination of you and money. And I know that you wrote in your piece, uh, your your farewell address, that you were intimidated uh, by, money. by money, and he's and he's great, and I love and money and money's great at what he does and everything. And it there's it's it was cool to have different vibes because you were equally as great as he is. You were just as good and just as passionate and everything. And I thought that the shows that we did, uh, really reached its stride. And I think that, um, it popped some of the, the bits. Cause I remember for a while there, you were on the Monday show and we could do that helps no one. Right. And you were really like commit, like that's, that's something that we need people to commit to. Sure. And not everybody on the show really wants to commit to that bit. Uh, but you were one of those guys who's like, I'm leaning into this, and um, I don't know if you were ever on Mondays. Together. Once or twice, Once but or not, twice. not consistently. But like, I remember you and Molly. And Molly, the, God, there's another host who was <laughs> right, too. Right, exactly. Um, like, really leaned into it, and I always appreciated it. But the one thing that I think that would stand out for everybody uh, on show-wise is the danger zone and just taking what should have been the dumbest idea. It might still have been a dumb idea. But really making it, making it kind of uh, something special. That was always yeah. my favorite part of the week on Fantasy Live. And it was it was, it so was my much favorite fun. part. And it was and it was because of James. Is things like that won't work if you are kind of like mailing it in, or if like something's not like ah, you're like ah, I'm just gonna coast this week or anything like that. But with you, and how much time and effort that you put into it. It would not allow me to coast at all and actually drove me to really get more ridiculous and more like (laughs) over the top. And, you know, the things you did. And I know that somebody, thankfully, some it took a guy on Twitter to find the GD Tyler Croft. That was the best that we couldn't find in house. (laughs) This dude, this dude on Twitter, I I don't have. That might be the greatest moment in show history. (laughs) A stick figure. We had a stick figure. We had a stick figure. We had a fraternity composite. Right. That's right. Of former DZU people. That's right. And the reason that it was it was we had that composite was that the danger zone hit a lot. <laughs> like it was you could talk about and and it's and it's a high degree of, of difficulty. You know, it's like, hey, you can go over the vault sideways, but if you want to go full carry strug and do a number of flips and land on your broken ankle. That's what we were going for. Right. And so I thought that 
you could be annoyed by the screaming and you guys are a little too over the top and I don't know why you have to scream look at the numbers over and over again (laughs) (laughs) but it really worked and I thought it was great and when I look back at things that I've done television wise over the course of uh, over the course of uh, Fantasy Live that'll definitely be if not the highlight it's up there on the uh, on the platform with the gold medal and silver so I appreciate that. And, and you know, and it's, and it's fun to talk about work things, but it's also outside of work. Uh, I know the three of us traveled up to Vegas to go do the uh, first, the first ever. Go round of League of Leagues. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a ton of fun. James was dressed like uh, Dr. Nozick. Like Andre Nozick no. from the Bond, League. Yes. <laughs> With the with the fedora and everything, <laughs> I had a fedora and a handle of tequila. Oh my god! And you were the only one who really leaned into well, like, I'm went, gonna be drunk at 8 a.m. You went, Fool, you, went, you went hard on the tequila in day one. You know, it's like it's we we know we're gonna be locked in here for like 12 hours drafting, and James is is hitting the Cuervo I don't at care. Like 9 a.m. <laughs> and it's I, but the funny thing was, I was surprised that I was the only one. I legitimately was surprised. I was on board with having tequila, <laughs> just not at the start of the thing, not at the start. Right. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no. You dug in starting, you know, in the afternoon. But I, I was surprised. I'm like, hey, it's 10 a.m. It's double digits. How are it's we? <laughs> what's, what's going on? What? Why am I the only one drinking uh, here? I don't understand what's happening. I read the room on that one, and I right. knew that the fantasy <clears throat> dorks were not going to be leaning into it. I so I'm see. like, I might as well wait because then I'm going to start drinking and start doing my stand-up right here in the middle of this room. And so whatever. Uh, and then, you know, we all each had a single team. And then we decided, you know, Marcus is like, this sucks. I'm out. I'm and out. you're like, I kind of am out. And I was kind of, I'm like, well, why don't we have a team? Yeah. And we combined. That was a lot of fun. And we won the whole thing. Oh, we dominated. Because we had the most genius strategy right. of going all NBA first. We dominated. We made great baseball picks. And then we didn't even draft a football team. And then still, like, almost like when people had are talking about this. Had a winning record in a 14-team league and, and w- didn't make the freaking playoffs. And when people talk about vampire leagues, that's basically what we did. Except we weren't able to take good players from everybody's team or whatever. And whatever. So we won that, and that was good. But I think um, – and again, I guess that's partly professionally, but personally. Yeah, no, uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of text exchanges. There's a lot of texts, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And uh, but I mean, personally too. I mean, I think that we got along right from the start. I think it's easy for us because we both have, you know, toddler daughter. Your daughter's older, a year older than mine, but yep. toddler daughters, and a lot of bonding things over that. And growing up as California kids, I mean, you're a IE like San Bernardino bro. <laughs> But it's similar, Diamond, whatever. Diamond bars in LA Diamond, County. Diamond bars, I it's nine oh nine, bro, and I'm a nine five one kid. Okay, all right. Fine. So it's uh, fine. but it was a quick bond, <laughs> and it's one of those. Stop it, you. The nine five one didn't exist when you were a kid. It was nine oh nine. Also, listen, female dog. <laughs> it was the seven one four until I moved out. So I've only lived in the seven one four for right. most of my That's most right. of my life. Good. So. <laughs> uh, I really also appreciated your friendship, um, sharing things and, and just being a great friend and being there when things weren't always great. And uh, and I don't think of this. I'm sad, obviously, but I don't think of this as goodbye because I know that we're going to go out and do some more cool things professionally, personally. Uh, I'm not adverse to going to this South Bay because I'm not a snob. Um, well, it's also on your way home. <laughs> it's also on my way home. <laughs> But uh, 
This sucks. I'm really going to miss you. I yeah. really wish that uh, you were going to be a part of the show and yeah. that um, it's not going to be the same without you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I'll uh, I'll close out the show. Um, I, I got to hand out a few thank yous, man. But uh, I will I'll echo a lot of those sentiments, man. I, I'm going to miss the show a lot. Uh, I'm going to miss this podcast. This podcast kind of allowed me to flex my creative muscle and um it's a great venue because for folks who don't know the podcast and the podcast format and tv format so different tv you've got to keep it moving you know it's like you got to talk in these 15 20 second sound bites and you just got to keep hitting it and just keep on moving the podcast has been great because if you can formulate more thoughts than in 20 seconds this is the the avenue the only avenue um, for you to do that, and it and it's been so great for me to kind of be able to do what I what I really love to do, which is talk about football and have fun and do those things. You know, from a hosting perspective, it's um, and again, maybe this is too inside baseball, you know, but the host kind of dictates what the feel of the show is going to be. You know, is it going to be silly? Is it going to be fun? Is it going to be super esoteric? What's it going to be? And uh, for me, I, I just kind of always wanted a show that was fun but didn't need bits to get there and I know I'm, I, it sounds a little silly being a guy who was doing danger zone and all those things but I tell you what man you listen to this podcast there's not that many bits um, and I still think for the most part I think a lot of listeners would tell you this was a fun show um, and and I kind of take a lot of pride in that uh, when I start thinking about uh, how I was how I was able to kind of help you know shape this show and of course you know the guys that that helped me along the way too. This is not a solo journey for me for sure. I, I, you know when we talk about the fantasy stronghold, I appreciate all of those guys: Marcus Grant, Alex Gelharm, Matt Harmon franchise. They and again for those folks who might not know, they adopted me because I was not really you know one of theirs. You know what I'm saying? Um, and for them to for them to do that has been very gracious of them, and, and I definitely appreciate it. And it's been one of those things that, you know, helped me grow professionally. Uh, and from a personal standpoint too, those guys were great. Um, and it's having seeing these guys move on. Um, it's both you know you could feel both some pride because I definitely wanted to help them advance in their careers. But also some sadness, too, because it's very rare. Um, it is very, very rare to to find that level of chemistry. And when you do, my God, you want to hold on to it. And I just thought we hit that stride last year. We, we really had a great chemistry. And you just can't hold on to it. That's what kind of sucks. I start thinking about stuff like the Danger Zone. Um, here's a backstory on the Danger Zone. I saw Adam Rank... And, again, we talk about – I like to see my guys doing well. Um, and I remember Adam Rank on NFL Now uh, was doing this bit called the Danger Zone. And and I'm like, this is freaking genius. This is brilliant stuff. We got to bring this on television. And that's when I first approached Adam Rank about, hey, man, let's do this for TV. Let's do this for TV, but let's just let's just be even more ridiculous about it. And that's kind of how this has all developed. Um, and thanks to Heather Pink for helping us get that going. Yeah, Heather Pink t was the producer that was <laughs> was the one producer that was like, you know what, I'll do that. 
<laughs> Every other producer was uh, maybe next year. Um, and, you know, you got to really see the vision of it, too, you know, and that, and that's kind of um, and Heather Pink took a took a chance on us to do that. Um, and it really played out well. Uh, I know a lot of folks hated it <laughs> and that's to be expected. But I think that from a content standpoint, I think it was it was fun. Uh, and again, we, we really dug deep, man. We really did, quote unquote, look at those numbers. But um, it's it's one of those things where I know it seems ridiculous, but it was important to me and it was important to, to Adam Rank. And um, and we had a lot of fun with it. But, yeah, we talk about that chemistry and finding finding that and wanting to hold on to it with everything you got. You know, my 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 relationship with Adam Rank has has been, you know, pretty well documented. Uh, We got along famously outside of work uh, on the set as well. That wasn't fake. That was real. And yeah, I <laughs> I wish I could have come back. Uh, it just didn't work out that way. So I, it, the first person, and, and quite honestly, the only person I told in this building uh, about my not coming back was Adam Rank. Um, mostly because I was, to be honest with you, I was kind of sort of embarrassed about the whole damn thing. Um, I really wanted to come back, but they wanted to move in a different direction. And this is a crazy crazy business you know you don't get to dictate your terms too often in this business and i get that i've been in tv for for 10 years now so you know i see a lot of change but uh adam was the only guy that i told in this building because quite honestly i really was i i guess embarrassed kind of ashamed really not nothing to be ashamed about but i don't know i just that's just kind of the way i felt um and this kind of this message is kind of to anybody who i think has suffered professional setback you know it it takes a while and the scars were there for a little bit man and and you know i found out actually when coming into this podcast uh is when i found out my agent gave me a phone call and said hey man i got some bad news for you whatever it is but i tried to soldier on i I, and you know for the for the past few months i've known for three months now and for the past few months I've, i've tried to bang out these shows and you know, I, I I would challenge the listeners to 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 find a show where I didn't at least try to bring some level of professionalism and the the usual level of energy that I I, I bring to these shows as well. So, um, just in terms of some other thank yous, I wanted to get out of the way. Matt Money Smith, who has been fabulous to me, um, you know, again, it's it's a very competitive business. Uh, Matt Money Smith to me was a guy that when I walked in these doors, I was legit intimidated by him. I, he's so talented, uh, and I'd been grow—I don't want to say growing up listening to him, but I had been listening to him for so long. It's like not—he's not that old. Yeah, no, I know <laughs> he's not that much older than me actually. But uh, but no, I, yeah, just having listened to him, and he's been such a great broadcaster. Um, and I was, and I had seen the show too, and I'm like, man, this guy is so good. Uh, and I was intimidated, but he's been nothing but great to me. Um, and, and I don't know, man, he's just been. He's been he's been terrific to me when he doesn't necessarily need to be, uh, and, and the guy is nothing but a class act. Uh, I did want to point out Akbar as well. Man, when I told Akbar, <laughs> when I texted Akbar, hey bro, just wanted to let you know uh, before the news comes out that uh, not going to be coming back to the show. The guy immediately calls me back. We have a great conversation, and um, and man, he just spent like 20 minutes talking to me about, hey, keep your head up. <coughs> You're a great broadcaster. You're su- you're super great at what you do. I'm shocked that you're not coming back. Blah 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 blah, and uh, he spent a good 20 minutes just kind of talking to me about you know keeping my head up and, and staying positive and, and and doing those things. And we also talked about our kids too. And that was kind of fun too. So, 
Um, so thank you, Akbar, for that. Uh, Marcus Grant, like I said, man, just you're part of that fantasy stronghold that that allowed me to kind of enter into your world, um, and I appreciate you for that. You're a great writer, um, and and really the last few years, man, just your development as a broadcaster, I just has been incredible, has been phenomenal. And I don't think people have really appreciated that about you. Um, I think people don't see growth. People see what you were when you came in. And I think that's definitely true of me. It's definitely true of Marcus Grant. I don't think people realize how damn good he is now. Mm. But the last few years, I think he's really come a long way as a broadcaster. And uh, I'm really excited to see what you bring. Uh, for the podcast and for the television show next year, I'm really, really excited to see that. So thanks, man. Um, for for Alex Gelhar, he's he's a, a real life hero, <laughs> do, doing yeoman's work on the ground. So you know, tip of the cap to him. Again, there's a guy that I don't think I necessarily or he didn't necessarily like me early on, um, but you know, because I, I can come off as being abrasive, but. You know, he's a guy that uh, that kind of saw past all that and, and again, uh, kind of allowed me to do what I do. So I, I appreciate him for that. Matt Harmon um, definitely got off on the wrong foot with Matt. Not that I intended to. I wanted it to be funny, but it just didn't. I, I think he kind of it kind of rubbed him the wrong way. But um, but you know what, man? I, again, saw a lot of greatness in this dude. Um, I called him. This is off hours. This wasn't at work. I just wanted to call him privately because I didn't want it to be a big thing. But just called him privately to let him know I, I, I really saw a lot in him. Uh, and not just from a, uh, a writing standpoint, but just from an overall personality standpoint. I, I could really see him growing, and I, I really encouraged him to to take that next step and, and just take the leap, man. You're t- I was like, dude, you're a TV guy. You just don't know it yet. Um, and I think that surprised him a lot. So, uh, so Matt Harmon, uh, you know, to w- watch him kind of grow and develop has been really, really cool. Matt franchise, too. I mean, you talk about development. Holy hell, man. When he first started on this podcast, he was very timid, wasn't sure where his role was. But by the end of it, man, but by the end of it. Had that dude doing fiery phoners. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And there, there's another guy that, you know, I, I tried to um, encourage to really come out of his shell. And, and I'm so happy that he did. So that was cool. You know, I, I mean, just overall, it's just been a, a fun ride. It's been a wild ride. Um, and if it's the last podcast, it's the last podcast. But I just wanted to let the listeners know, too, you guys have been very, very important to me. Uh, super supportive, obviously, online. Um, I've tried to be as responsive as possible. <laughs> if I can't get to everybody, I can't get to everybody, so I do apologize for that. But this has been a very, very important piece of my life. I've never worked at a place longer, and I can honestly say I've never loved a job more than this place. So to kind of move on has been very, very painful for me for the last couple of months. But I feel like I'm in a good place now. Um, you know, I, I obviously I'm, I'm – I'm, getting a little weepy here but uh <laughs> but yeah man it's uh it's been it's been a great ride i definitely appreciate all the people who have come along for it um and for all of my colleagues and coworkers who have been so unbelievably supportive as well uh in this time so it's been cool man it's been a lot a lot of fun um i appreciate everybody kind of you know again reaching out and letting me know that they liked my work 
as well. So with that, that's the last show. And again, thank you guys. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, we'll see you later. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love. Online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.